I think it was about a week ago, someone asked me what was one of the major things that helped me in my healing journey towards emotional health and well-being from clinical depression and crippling anxiety. And this one word just shot out of my mouth. It's like I didn't even have to think about it. I'm Craig, by the way. This is Illuminated Soul. Thanks for letting me hang out with you. Thanks for choosing to listen. I know there's a lot of wonderful faith-based podcasts, courtesy of accessmore.com. And I don't take it lightly that you, uh, on occasion, listen to Illuminated Souls. So thanks for doing that. So yeah, this person said, so what is it? What was one of the major things that helped you in your healing journey? And right away, the word forgiveness just shot out of my mouth. Forgiveness. Forgive, forgive, forgive. It's an incredible weapon, an incredible healing agent. Alan Jones, Episcopal priest of Grace Cathedral, San Francisco, said, Those of us who hope for a more caring and humane world had better be aware of forgiveness, both human and divine, if we are going to navigate the stormy seas of human relations. Maybe you recall as a kid, your parent or teacher, whoever it may have been at the time, making you forgive your sibling or a friend that you got in a tussle with. You know, I have a twin brother, Kirk, and he and I would just scrap quite often when we were younger in the 70s. And eventually, mom, the mediator, the referee would get, get us together and say, now say I'm sorry. And we go, I'm sorry. Now forgive each other. Well, I, I forgive you. <laughs> now, now ask for forgiveness. Will you forgive me? <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? And uh, we were young enough and had enough short-term memory capabilities to the extent that the sheer act of rote obedience would do the job. Right? And then we go play and have a dream sickle and everything would be fine. <laughs> but... You know, Jesus told us in Luke 6.37, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn. You will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. So we are commanded to forgive. But I like to think I don't want to do it like I did when I was a kid. You know, just because I have to, because it's the right thing to do. I want to forgive because I get to. Don't you? In Christ, we are so free that we get to forgive. In Christ, you and I have been given the grace to actually forgive the wrongs done to us. That's how powerful you are as a son, as a daughter of God. We get to practice something Jesus masterfully demonstrated towards all of humanity while still on the cross in the midst of abuse, mistreatment, and pain. We are, by sheer virtue of being sons and daughters of God, people who forgive because we are the beneficiaries of unfathomable forgiveness. Say that three times. Unfathomable forgiveness. <laughs> we are people who demonstrate the power of pardon, the freedom of letting go. It's replete throughout Scripture. Luke 17, verses 3 and 4. Jesus says, If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. Instruct them, so to speak. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day, and seven times come back to you saying, I repent. You must forgive them. Wow. Ephesians, uh, Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. One more, because we could go on with all the scriptures. Colossians 3.13, bearing with one another, forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also you should do. So, Forgiveness is a part of our DNA, so to speak. It's part of our cellular memory. It runs through our systems to pass along to others. I'm reminded of that, um, that scene in the 1993 movie Schindler's List with 
uh, when Liam Neeson's character, Oscar Schindler, is based on a true story, trying to convince SS commander Amon Goth about what true power is. And Oscar Schindler says, power is when we have every justification to kill and we don't. Amon replies, you think that's power? Oscar responds, that's what the emperor said. A man steals something, he's brought in before the emperor, he throws himself down on the ground, he begs for his life, and the emperor pardons him. He lets him go. And then Liam Neeson's character, Oscar Schindler, ends with, That's power, Iman. That is power. He lets him go. That is so interesting, because the word forgive that Jesus uses in Luke 17 in the Greek means to let go. Isn't that wild? To send away or to let go. But have you ever forgiven someone and then months later run into them at the grocery store or church and instantaneously become inflamed with raw negative emotional sensations associated with the wrong they committed against you months prior? What's up with that? What is that? You know, I'm thinking, what? I thought I forgave. I thought I'd let go. Well, it might help to understand that there are two types of forgiveness, so to speak. Dallas Baptist University Counseling Center describes them as such. Decisional forgiveness and emotional forgiveness. So decisional forgiveness is making a decision not to hold an offense against someone and to restore the relationship to the way it was before the offense occurred. And in the cases of small transgressions by those we like or love, decisional forgiveness is pretty easy. It's the bigger hurts that cause us the the big anger and the pain that are harder to decide to forgive. And then there's emotional forgiveness. That consists of changing our thoughts and feelings towards someone who has offended us from negative, angry, resentful, vengeful, to neutral or even positive. Emotional forgiveness does not mean that a person's hurtful actions are forgotten. In, instead, over time, emotional forgiveness enables you to replace negative feelings associated with the memory of those actions with positive ones. It goes on to say complete emotional forgiveness is what happens when we truly let go of all of our hurt and anger and replace those feelings with empathy, compassion, and love. Emotional forgiveness is typically the experience that drives a person toward reconciliation. Decisional, by the way, and emotional forgiveness are not mutually exclusive. Many times forgiveness starts with a decision to grant forgiveness and to refrain from holding a grudge or punishing someone for a past offense. Emotional forgiveness usually comes later, as time and prayer allow positive feelings to replace the hurt and pain someone has caused. So going back to the scenario I painted, when months later you run into that person that you forgave, but still have those feelings of anger, resentment, shame, or whatever show up inexplicably like gnats in your face on an evening summertime stroll in the park. Maybe the forgiveness you extended was decisional forgiveness, that first time of forgiveness. You made a decision not to hold a grudge or offense. But the presence of those emotional sensations you thought were gone might be an indicator that you need to emotionally process what happened and let compassion, love, understanding, and kindness replace those negative feelings. After all, if forgiveness means to let go, well, what are we letting go of? I think, I don't have the full answer to that question. I think we're letting go of things like lust for vindication Toxic emotions that wage war against our souls, the temptation to act as God, 
the judge and punisher. I'm thinking we could even be letting go of the person who wronged us, releasing them before God and letting go of our desire to exact revenge. And to let go of something, <laughs> we first have to realize we are holding on to it. For instance, to let go of a grudge, I've got to first know I'm holding one. I have to acknowledge reality and what I'm facing. I've got to acknowledge what I'm feeling. And whether forgiveness takes place within your own heart before God, face to face with the one who wronged you, or with a mediator, a confessor, so to speak, some type of counselor who can listen to you as you forgive, you want to process the pain, especially when the wrong done to you was grievous. Someone once said feelings are what make a problem a problem. So even in forgiving, we, as I often say, want to be real with what we feel. This is important within the context of forgiveness because we can sometimes feel invalidated when we are told, well, just forgive and move on. Have you ever experienced that? And, and you do it, you know, we, we obey because we want to obey. We want to, we want to exhibit the spirit and soul of Jesus. But there's this sense of, but I'd like, can we talk a little? Can we process how I feel? Uh, what was done to me? Well, just forgive and move on. And there's this sense of invalidation. In doing this, we can even end up just downplaying what's going on emotionally. We end up not being honest with ourselves, not respecting ourselves. I've said this before, and I'll say it again, courtesy of David Benner. When we hide from what we feel, from emotion, we hide from the truth. Remember that emotion is not a debatable phenomenon. It's an authentic reflection of our subjective experience, one that is best served by attending to it. When we forgive, it's healthy to take the time to acknowledge our feelings, to validate them without feeding and enlarging them. Not to say, yes, that's the ultimate re reality, but yes, in this moment, that's what you were feeling. We need to acknowledge that. And that was very real to you in that moment. Oftentimes, I think we just need to process the pain before we, we forgive. Otherwise, we can slide into denial or rote declaration with a disconnected heart. You know, like when I was a kid with my twin brother, my mom would demand, forgive your brother, I forgive you. <laughs> you know, no heart, no connection whatsoever. I just wanted it over with, right? And as it's been said, if we don't transform our pain, we transmit it. So... All of that to say, when we forgive, let's get real. Get detailed with our emotions and feelings. Include who, what, and how. Who did what to you and how you felt. Common feelings like sadness, vindication, bitterness, anger, shame, resentment. There's this Italian psychiatrist whose name I can't pronounce. <laughs> he passed away in 74. Roberto something or other. He said, without forgiveness, life is governed by an endless cycle of resentment and reta retaliation. Let me say that again. Without forgiveness, life is governed by an endless cycle of resentment and retaliation. Mm. And yeah, there's nothing wrong with blurting out, you know, I forgive you. You know, that decisional forgiveness. If it's there, cool. But I just want to encourage you that it's okay to get a little more detailed for the sake of expressing your heart, releasing those negative emotional sensations and letting go, welcoming healing to your soul. I forgive you for doing that to me. Or if you're doing it in your heart, I forgive them for doing that to me, God. Discounting me as a person when 
when he told that joke about me in front of my boss, I felt worthless and embarrassed in that moment. I feel shame right now, and I forgive that person. Notice instead of saying, you made me feel such and such, and such a way, uh, I prefer using I language. When you did this to me, I felt this. It's important to take ownership of our own emotional responses and not blame someone else for how we feel. The hurtful action belongs to the perpetrator. The negative emotional sensations belong to us. And if I'm honest, sometimes I'm unaware that I even need to forgive, you know? I'm so consumed and engulfed in my own feelings, thoughts, and white-knuckling my own perceptions that it can make it hard for me to forgive, to let go. And that brings up an idea. You know, what What do we do when we're kind of stuck, when it's hard? I love Jesus' words in Luke 6.37. It offers a quick examination of our hearts. Remember, he says, Do not judge, you will not be judged. Do not condemn, you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. So whenever we find ourselves stuck in whatever mental or emotional trial we are experiencing, we find ourselves in a repeat pattern of an emotional trigger. Keep ruminating about a situation, event, or person. Find it difficult to forgive, wondering if we even need to. We can pause and ask ourselves two simple questions. Am I judging someone or myself right now? Am I condemning someone or myself right now? If so, extend forgiveness. Extending forgiveness just might be the best thing to do to that person or to you. And another helpful question to ask before God would be, yeah, do I need to ask for forgiveness? Also, when it's hard to forgive, let's follow the example of Christ Jesus on the cross. He engaged in empathy. Let's engage in empathy. Seeking to understand the other first is more liberating than demanding to be understood. Imagine all that Jesus understood about humanity about his accusers and abusers that helped him forgive them for forgive us while still hanging on the cross. Try seeing the situation from the other person's point of view. I'm not saying it's easy. It's what Jesus did on the cross when forgiving. He said, forgive them father for they know not what they are doing. Thank God he was able to say that, right? We are the beneficiaries of, of that. I know this podcast is going to run a little longer just because this is such a, a powerful and even sensitive topic. We won't go too much longer, but a few more thoughts about forgiveness. Forgiveness is a state of mind. It's an attitude. It's not a feeling. It comes with the mind of Christ that we partake of through his spirit. Forgiveness is a lifestyle for you and me, the son and daughter of God. Forgiveness is a weapon against Satan and a healing oil for ourselves and others. And forgiveness is not weakness. It's not being weak. It's an act of supernatural strength, as far as I see it. And yeah, it, it's not. Forgiveness is not forgetting the hurt or condoning or excusing the behavior. That's where we get to exercise discernment and boundaries and so forth. And this is really important. Forgiveness doesn't mean you have to immediately trust the individual that wronged you. Especially when trust is broken, forgiveness can be extended in the moment, as Jesus demonstrated right on the cross. Trust, seems to me, is built over time. Lolly Daskal, president and CEO of Lead From Within, says about trust, Trust is built and maintained by many small actions over time. Trust is not a matter of technique, tricks, or tools, but of character. And for you and me, the believer, that's the character of Jesus Christ within us. We're partakers of his divine nature. And if you recall from 
uh, one of our previous episodes about the welcoming prayer. We welcome whatever feeling, situation, or circumstance we find ourselves in because first and foremost, we know it's for our healing. There is a fellowship with Christ Jesus to be found in our moments of pain and suffering. When you forgive, you are actually engaging in an inner work of the Holy Spirit and looking for that fellowship with Jesus in the midst of your suffering and that perceived broken fellowship with the person that wronged you. You're dealing with your own heart and letting go of the desire to deal with the other person's heart, <laughs> leaving that job in God's hands. As Lewis Smedes said, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. And finally, the words of Mother Teresa, people are often unreasonable and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. For you see, in the end, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. <laughs>